This is CEO Chats, a candid and open convo about business as a female entrepreneur. Because not all CEOs wear suit ties and cufflinks. This is Natalie, and I'm back with another episode. And today is going to be a chats with Nat. And who I have in the pink seat today is Tracy Brenton. She is the founder of Lux Style and Design last year, and she almost making she's already making strides in the Houston community. Lux Style and Design is in an image consulting um, platform that connects clients to stylists and designers. Tracy is also very known and involved in the Houston community, and she's also a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. She prides herself on personal branding and the customer experience. And she is my guest today on the show. So Tracy, please give us a warm welcome and just really just jump right in and talk about Lux Style and Design. Well, thank you, Natalie, for having me on. I'm super excited. And um, yeah, Lux Style and Design was something that I would say that was created out of a, ne- a, a necessity, like necessary um, for me in my life at the moment um it all i had serious career um careers where i didn't necessarily have to wear um corporate america attire and be very polished i used to own a curves for women so when i used to go to work i used to wear basically like workout um clothes and then from there I transferred into marrow transplants where i used to do um I used to help uh, cancer patients find life-saving bone marrow transplants. So a lot of my wardrobe was jeans or scrubs, not very, um, you know, polished professional attire. And so being a busy mom and, you know, obviously being a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha and being in the community, I didn't really have time to dress. And then if I did want to dress for myself, I, I'm not the type of person that could put the things together. I was not born with that gift. And so um, I looked everywhere on Instagram for different people that did styling. I also decided to do um, a company called Stitch Fit, where they actually send you based off of a questionnaire that you take. And I did that for maybe three months. And I just noticed, okay, I'm sending everything back. I wasn't really purchasing any of the clothes. I didn't like any of the clothes as far as the fabric and the material. Um, and I really wanted somebody that knew my personality, that knew what colors were going to look great on my skin tone and knew what I already had in my closet. Because what I don't want to do, and I think this is what happens with us as women, we continuously get the same, like we like a maxi dress, but we have like 10 of them in our closet. So I kind of wanted like a variety. So I reached out to uh, one of my good friends. He uh, had a stylist and she came and she edited my closet. And I was like, this is amazing. And it cost just the same as it cost having a box come to my house. And Mm -hmm. uh, she just really took basically control and said, this is what I think you need. These are the shoes that you need to need. This is, you know, you need a black suit, you know, and navy blue suit. So she's worked wonders um, with me, and it makes you feel confident too. Right. Well, thank you so much for sharing like your story, and then of course how you kind of got into that. Speaking about the other person who also kind of mentored you and helped you kind of move within that. Um, industry was it kind of hard for you to do because I remember I was 
trying to get into styling and being a stylist and image consultant and I like my mm-hmm. own I like I can dress me you know I can create <laughs> yeah. outfits for myself but how do you as like someone who is you know into fashion styling um and and also creating a fashion platform how did you really kind of make a name for yourself and also you know work with clients that had different you know styles I think what it is, is I think that you really have to, um, everybody is an individual. And I think that's um, very important to go in and to understand when you're talking to potential clients and they're bound and worry and to do it, understand what they do on a daily basis. A lot of people need functional attire. And it's not only does it look great, but can I go from a board meeting to happy hour? Can I go from happy hour to a soccer game? So it's really making, um, getting to know that client and understanding their lifestyle and understanding what they feel comfortable in. Because if if anything, people are not going to wear what they don't feel comfortable in. And so what I decided to do is I wanted to surround myself with um, different stylists and different designers that concentrated on different things. So we do have somebody on the platform, for instance, her name is Kit. She does a lot of straight lines and not polished, neat, where you can go from traveling on an airplane and it's comfortable to going and presenting in that same outfit to a board meeting and then getting back on the plane. So that's what I really like about working with the stylists and the designers on the platform is because they get it. They get, you know, our life is not just, you know, we go to work and we come home. We go to work and we come home. No, we go and we do other things. So I feel like that is important. Functional wear is important. And we're, we're not all of us are blessed to be able to wear leisure wear all the time. I know we want to wear leggings all the time and they're very comfortable, but sometimes we have to look the part. And so um, what does that look like for each individual client that we have right okay i love that idea like taking in consideration like your the person that you have in front of you and i think kind of relating that to the business terms just in case there's other business based listening and they're not a stylist is we really have to pay attention and listen to what the customer is wanting or the client is wanting always so mm-hmm. much about what we think and what we say is better just like you said take mm-hmm. consideration you know their lifestyle what do they want how do they want it and then give them a product yeah. that they can definitely work with. So I love that you said that because that's very, very important. So how did you go about like building your clientele? Were you like just like posting it on social media? Like how did you start getting the buzz out about what you were doing in Houston? Well, that's a good question. Um, I would say that I honestly, the platform when I decided to do it, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And I was I'm going to be their, the number one customer and I wanted to do everything and try everything. And then I really kind of sat back and I was like, Oh wait, no, I'm, I have to like work and I have to try to get the name out. And I have to, you know, I think the hardest thing that I, I did was um, it's hard to put a value on creative right. and you know, like people are like, Oh, doctors make this much. They're worth this much. Our lawyers are worth or this much. And like when I sat down, because I'm not a designer, mm-hmm. I don't know how to make a pattern or do anything like that. And like when I sat down with the designers to get a better understanding of, you know, what goes in and it's very labor intensive, especially doing a custom outfit is very labor intensive. So I feel like how I needed to start the business is knowing 
what the day-to-day functions are for the designers and for the stylist. Okay. And after I did, yeah, and after I learned the day-to-day functions, then you can say, okay, well, this is a great market for this individual. And so I have, I've learned that um, our closet detox is a huge, um, nobody wants, nobody wants to have a closet where they can't put different things together and they, they, or they're not wearing their outfits in the closet. And so I feel like when we started advertising the closet detox, that went fast. Okay. And our, our name started around and then we started doing um, things in boutiques. And um, we did a, an event in a boutique um, where we were just kind of like, you know, testing the waters and getting our name out. And we had a stylist in the boutique putting the different clothes together. And people were like, oh, wow, I wouldn't have put that together. And I mean, the line was, you know, the line to purchase the outfits that the stylists were putting together was long. So it's just kind of like, okay, the boutique saw the need of having us in the boutique and putting, uh, you know, looks together. And then another one is when we do our custom, I think a lot of people go to Nordstrom's or they go to these nice stores and they want, and they can buy these nice items, but they don't come in their size. Right. A lot of people saying, can you make this? Now, of course we can't make it to a, to a T of what that, what that dress looks like or that style is because, you know, that's, that's copying somebody else's work, but we can make a similar look that will fit to your body. And I really think that what has, why we are so successful is because um, a lot of people cannot go into a department store and find an outfit that is made for their body. It's just, it just doesn't happen. A lot of people say that they can, but it it just doesn't happen. I feel like the industry and retail is missing that mark that we are all not created equal. We are shaped differently. So um, that's why I think has been really a good calling for us. And I feel like referrals and word of mouth has been very helpful for us as well. Good. I want to get go back to some stuff that you said, because you were definitely mm-hmm. talking about different strategies that you use to kind of grow your business. And the one mm-hmm. that I kind of picked up one, one, um, on was that you were talking about your the market uh, for your clients to be in. And I think I like mm-hmm. that one of the that was one of them that I liked the most, because at the end of the day, you know, it's 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 what will place them better like that, that um how that brand will look with this situation, mm-hmm. or like this clothing on or this in, in this realm, like, will they look good in this? And then you also were kind of breaking mm-hmm. down like their personalities and what do they like to mm-hmm. do and figuring that out. And that's really about figuring, you know, your target audience. Like if I'm supposed to get you some type of clothing or I'm supposed you, you want me to do something for you to make you look well, I have to pay, I have to put my, mind in the mind of you like I have to put myself in your shoes and think Mm -hmm. about you know what do you do on a regular basis like do you do your makeup do you not do you get your hair cut Mm -hmm. short do you get it cut low like how do you look so that way I can put like a person together in my mind to make sure I'm matching that with you so I really like that Mm -hmm. because me having a media agency I always try to do that like if I could create a logo for you how would your business speak? Like, what would that person look like? Like, would they wear a red dress mm-hmm. all day, every day? You know, are they bummy on the weekends, but then they're like real classy on the you know, weekdays? Like, how does that look for them? So that way, when I'm creating any type of content for you or any type of services for you, I want to put myself in that person's shoes every time. And then 
Correct. The other one that you talked about was pop-up shops. And um, I think that mm-hmm. was, that's something that's definitely, I think people, especially in retail, or even maybe you sell a book, whatever the case, collaborating with other business mm-hmm. owners can really get you that mm-hmm. exposure and that expansion that you need for your business. Because I had did a few pop-up shops um, when I was doing custom denim, like back in 2014 Mm -hmm. and that's how people noticed me or I didn't have a shop I didn't have the money to open up a shop so shoot I was gonna (laughs) I was gonna pop up at this well-known boutique in Chicago so it worked Mm -hmm. you know it worked out for me and they didn't charge me anything because I was bringing people in to know like hey if you come in you know you can shop with the boutique and you know that was bringing money in for them so I didn't have to pay a vending fee so sometimes collaborating with other business owners um, really kind of helps you get that exposure that you need because they're used to customers coming in or they have customers coming in. So they'll definitely pe- partake into that. And then the other one you talked about was word of mouth. I love that one too, because mm. I always talk about, you know, you being a walking billboard, you have to always talk about your business and let people know who you are, because if they don't know, they're not going to say anything to the next person about it. So being able to be at the tip of the tongue when someone thinks about a stylist, when somebody thinks about, you know, a marketing guru, when somebody thinks about a wellness coach, whatever, you know, being at the tip of that person's tongue. And that comes with consistency. And then on top of that, also just great service and content as well. So how outside of just like, cause a lot of this is just like your offline marketing to grow your business. What were some things that you did online to kind of get your business known on social media and just to get more buzzwords around just the idea of what you were doing, um, for, for fashion industry. So what I knew is that I knew we were probably going to have to have a real heavy online presence because right. we were an online platform. So it took a lot of research and just, you know, and just budgeting saying, okay, well, do I have a, do I have the budget to do what mm-hmm. I feel like we need to do to get the name Lux Fallon Design out? And so, um, mm-hmm. and you kind of have to pick, you kind of have to pick, are you going to go the social media route or are you going to go um, get a, get a public relations and mm-hmm. do uh, mailers? You kind of, especially if you're working with a low budget like me, I was working three jobs. Right. And the third job was to basically pump money back into Lux Sound Design to get our name out. So what we decided to do is we just decided to go the social media route. And mm-hmm. so we did a lot of Facebook ads. Um, we were just kind of always in people's faces, especially around like important days like Mother's Day. Oh, you don't know right. what to get your girl for Valentine's? Well, this is a great Valentine's gift. You know, give her a closet detox or have her... Give, give her something will she remember, like a, a shopping with your personal stylist. I mean, that's amazing. So we took, you know, we started off with taking basically like Christmas and holidays and wrapping a message around that and just blasting it out on social media and paying for ads. And I feel like now we've kind of moved into the, okay, let's keep our current customer base and let's keep them happy and let's work on referrals. And now let's continue to do social media as well, but then also let's give back to the community and let's really, uh, you know, like for our custom prom party, we are giving a, a, a lucky girl a custom prom dress. So, and that okay. to me makes, makes me feel good inside. Like that's something like we, we have gotten so much now it's time for us to give back. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. 
That's great. And so what another thing is that I definitely want to touch on is that, you know, social media, Instagram, Facebook, all those things are so like it is consuming like our time so much. (laughs) So especially being fashion, like people will go on Instagram, on Pinterest, on other ways, just to look at what they can wear for tonight for inspiration. So Mm -hmm. that was a real smart move. I mean, any period a business needs to be on and offline, but specifically fashion in that industry as well. Like that is super, super, super important. So how are you able to, cause I know you, you pretty much have like a roster of like designers and stylists and things like that, that you mm-hmm. kind of like cater to. Um, how did you mm-hmm. go about like maintaining that? I mean, like you talked about having three jobs, but were you a, a oh, one yeah. woman, were you a one woman band and like <laughs> trying to do everything? Like, <laughs> you know, Hey, I had moments where I was lying and saying I was my assistant. I would try to do a different voice and then go get the phone. Like, <laughs> so how did you kind of like work around like doing that? Or did they always know it was you? Well, so I always, I, I, for me, and this is when I even owned the Curves business, I needed to know my business from A to Z. So I wanted to be hands-on in everything that I, that I did. It got to a point where I could not be hands-on, but you have to get people in place. I honestly feel that, um, A, they're going to, they're going to match your effort a hundred. Like I give everything that I do a hundred percent. So anybody on my team, I'm expecting them to give it a hundred percent, a hundred percent to match my effort. And then just understand that um, you, you want somebody that, that you trust as well. You know, that, cause to be honest, like there's a lot of times where um, it was just me and I, and I second guessed myself a lot of times about what should I do and what should I spend my money on and who should I bring on the platform? And, um, because it is a brand, you know, you want to make sure that you're bringing on stylists and designers that are going to represent the brand very well. Mm-hmm. And so um, when picking your team, it's also important to make sure that you can trust an individual that if you are second guessing something that you can bounce ideas off that person. And then you want that person to be able to also have something that they can call their own. Luxe Island Design isn't isn't a great business because of one person. It's a great business because of all of us. Um, and I think that's super important. It's not just one person. Like if you look through anything in life, it was always a team that was successful. It wasn't just one person that made something successful. It was always a team of people coming together for a common cause or to make something great. And they did it. So, I always try to encourage people that are on the team. I, I, I really allow them to, to work freely. Like they come to me and say, I want to do this. And I'm like, okay, do it, go for it. Right. <laughs> and it, you know, and I just feel like it's that trust that we have that makes it, um, that makes, it makes it very well. And we're continually, we're going to continue to bring on more people. I think we're, we just had another, we had an orientation last, Thursday. So we're bringing on three more people. And again, the first thing I told them is, you know, I'm a hard worker. And I, if I feel like you're matching the effort that everybody is on the team, then, you know, we're going to, we're going to mesh and we're going to do great things. Great. And I liked what you talked about. Mm -hmm. When I was trying to put together my team, I would, before I was like knocking my head 
on the wall, I was realizing, I'm like, I need to get some interns. Like, I need to get some people to help me post mm-hmm. on social media and, and build these websites and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you are so right. Teamwork makes the dream work. Like, I can teach you yes. what to do. But honestly, like, when you walk away from me, you're going to do what you want to do. Or you're going to mm-hmm. be like, um, I did that. And then this other error popped up or something else didn't yeah. go right or they didn't like it. So what do I say? You know, and it's it's part of that is you you are someone's boss. You are someone um, training them and educating them on how to do this job. And especially for your business, because I'm a perfectionist. And so if you're not functioning yeah. at a perfectionist level, I'm pissed. Like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> like, I'm gonna need you to be at top 10 for me. So I know that if I'm on vacation, mm-hmm. or if I'm asleep, you're responding in the way that I would have responded. You know, and I love that you yeah. said that it's a team and that you also have to build trust because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't take to authority as well, but they will take to training. So if they know that you're training them correctly, they know what they're doing. They're going to trust that they can do what they do. And if they have an issue, they can come to you and ask you. And that was something I had to learn with my team and, you know, my interns and realizing that. They're like babies. Mm-hmm. Like they have no idea mm-hmm. what I want unless I tell them. So I had to know what I want. Right. I had to create manuals. I had to create social media handbooks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, look in your handbook. It tells you how to come up with a <laughs> caption. Don't make, yeah. you know, don't think that this wasn't talked to you or whatever. And like you said, I love that you do um, orientation and also incorporating for them to have their own. Because uh, I always tell my interns, like, look, you know, my goal is for you to become a me. My goal is not for you to continue to work mm-hmm. underneath me. You know, like, so if you, get to a, if you get to a point where you really are working on these websites, please create your portfolio. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get, yes. when we have some downtime, please create your portfolio because at the end of the day, I can be paying you so much, but they are paying into you as well. So you need to really start Absolutely. building something. So I love that you talked about, pretty much having a team and that teamwork and and building because it's hard when you still are a one woman band if that makes sense like I don't have an HR you know Mm -hmm. so if something goes wrong something you don't understand like it's all me so it work it helps to have like-minded people on your team if they don't think like you they don't function like you they don't understand teamwork it's just going to be a headache and uh, and it's it Mm. and I love that you that you said that. So for anybody that's really wanting to work with <clears throat> with um, your brand and your business, what is the process mm-hmm. that they go through? Like say, if, like you said, that they do they first go through you and then you give them one of the uh, members from your team to kind of work with them. So how does how how is that process for the customer? So they would, if, if they're wanting, if they're wanting more information or if they're wanting something that maybe we don't have, like a product or a service that we don't have on the website, they, they would probably initially email us mm-hmm. and then, um, at info at luxstyle.com and then, um, I will actually, um, get in contact with them in person. And I think that's important. I really do. Like, I still want to I still want to be the eyes and the ears of right. the feedback. I mean, what I what I'm realizing as I get older and yes, when I was younger it was it was a little bit different, but feedback is a gift. Right. You know, good feedback, you know, if there's something that we're doing that's not right or there's something that we don't have, mm-hmm. you know, give me that feedback because um 
you know, that you're not intentionally trying to hurt me. You're just telling me like, oh, I feel like this is an area that you guys can improve on and voila, you know, that obviously that's a gift. Like last year, for instance, um, I had somebody reach out to me and they're like, I want a custom prom gown for prom. And they reached out to us in March. So I was like, and that's a, that's a little bit of, that's a little late depending on your prom date to get a custom gown. And, you know, depending on if you wanted the beading, how much detail. So the, you know, I hate to disappoint anybody. So when Mm -hmm. I spoke with her, she's like, well, I really want this custom. This is what she sent me all her Pinterest board. She's like, this is what I want. And, you know, I told her, I was like, we cannot do this right now. I don't, you know, with the designers, they're coming out with their new, with their new line. We just, you know, we didn't have the capacity to fulfill that. I said, but you know what? I said, you gave me a great idea and I'm going to take this feedback and I'm so sorry that we can't help you this year. Um, and it was her senior year. I said, but you know, next year, hopefully we can help other seniors. And then this year we're doing the custom prom parties mm-hmm. where girls are able to get together with their best friends and the designers are going to come to your house with me and, I, you know, I'm coming, too, because this is something that we're doing. This is something new we're doing. And um, we are we're going to do that event. So I feel like I need to be that person that they speak to when when I book the appointment. So anybody that comes to the website, they're going to talk to me face like personally over the phone. I'm going to get an idea of what they're looking for. and I'm going to suggest like we have bios and we have um, samples of what the stylists and designers do on the platform. But I feel like when I get to speak with the clients first, firsthand, I get an idea. Okay. Yes. You want to talk to Vishari. You're going to absolutely love her. And then I'll, right. I'll say, okay, well, let me see what her schedule is and I'll set the appointment. And sometimes people are able to set appointments online to go di- straight to directly to talk to Veronica if they've worked with her before. But if it's a new client, I like to speak with them at the beginning and then I also like to follow up with them again at the end to see how, you know, how their experience was. Because, again, I need to know stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and that's mm-hmm. like, like you said, I like to still be hands on. But at the end of the day, I know I mm-hmm. can't like I know that I have a team to let me use it, but still maintain those follow ups and those check ins. That's really, really good. Yes. That's what I do mm-hmm. as well. Like I tell them to send the items to me. before they send it to the client so I can make sure that I, you know, I approve of it. And then you let them know, Hey, it's still going under revision. So I like that you, that you definitely said that. So I want to, um, kind of jump into the lightning round and asking you the three questions. (laughs) Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. All right. So the first question is what tools do you use that are helpful for you and your business? So um, first and foremost, um, I don't do anything without meditating and mm-hmm. asking God for his favor. Yes. So that's my first tool, my first and foremost tool. Um, the second tool that I use is, again, like I said, it's, it's a team effort. And so I do, um, even though I feel like it is a, a brand that I, I created. I feel like it's going to continuously be a successful brand if I bring everybody in because we do need to bounce ideas off of each other. And then the third thing is um, I feel like ex- being organized and planning it out to where 
I mean, there's, there's going to be mistakes, but I just feel like just trying to be as prepared as you can. Right. It's another tool that we have to use. I think that's good. Definitely good. And so what about your tools or your resources that you kind of use for like your consultations, your, your, and, and of course they do like the, the closet revivals and the styling mm-hmm. and going to the homes and stuff like that. Like how, mm-hmm. what other tools do you kind of use to make sure the team kind of functions um, correctly? Like once they get done with the styling and stuff like that with, mm-hmm. with the client. So everybody, so what I would say is every stylist and every designer is different and they have their own, their own way of forming their relationships with each client. And so what I would, the, the tools that we use is based, you know, I would say communication and then just follow up and then making sure when we go to that person's house, um, like I have some stylists who want everybody to bring everything out the closet. They want to see it. And then they take pictures of it and then they think about it. And then they, that's when they start putting stuff back into the closet. And then I have other stylists when we do closet revivals that they want everything in the closet and they, they sort everything color coded, color coordinated. So I believe that each person comes with their own tools, but each person comes with their own tools. That's fine because the way that they do it and the way that they get from A to B makes them successful Mm -hmm. and makes our clients happy. So I just, I honestly feel that everybody is different and they use different things um, to get where they need to go. Got you. Okay. And to be successful. The second question of the lightning round is what are some do's and don'ts to being a stylist? Oh, I would say do listen, don't assume. Ooh. Okay. That's mm-hmm. a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't do, listen to your client. Like, well, the consultation is for you to take it all in mm-hmm. and don't just assume that people want labels. Don't just assume that people mm-hmm. want to shop, you know, at Nordstrom's, you can put a great outfit together um, at Target. Tr- yeah. Trust me. Like I, I, that's, you know, I shop there too. Like I've created right. some great numbers. So I feel like open up and I, I really feel like you can use that in any good business acumen like just open up your ears and listen listen because people are going to guide you right they need right right Mm -hmm. that's good i love that you said that like that is probably the takeaway that i'm taking today (laughs) (laughs) do not assume but do listen i love that you said that yes so if anybody if you are not thoroughly listening take that away do listen do not assume got it so the last question is, what advice would you have for anyone who is trying to get into the styling industry or to own a styling company as far as what you are doing? What would your advice to them be? Um, my advice would to, to really meditate and pray about it. Um, to come up with find a mentor, find a mentor that's either been down the same road that you're trying to go down or, um, find somebody that has a really good, they're consistent and have good business acumen. And then, um, you know, come up with a plan. It takes a plan because I worked, you know, 
I worked three jobs and my goal in 2019 was Mm -hmm. to just only work two and to get rid of one of them. And I did that, but Mm -hmm. I had to save the money. Like you have to have a plan in place. So that's what I would, I would tell everybody. And I, and don't, you don't have to tell everybody what you want to do. And because I feel like when you, I feel like you, it's okay to communicate and let people know, like, these are my dreams. These are my goals. These are my aspirations. But you don't want to let that other negative energy only try to focus on people who are rooting for you and not Mm -hmm. so much the negative, the negative sounds that, you know, you might hear, right. Just come up with your plan and do it, pray on it and do it. Good. I love that. So that is all of the questions I have. So I want to make sure that everybody is knowing all of the social handles and any other updates that's coming for you. So is there anything that you want to make sure the audience knows and takes out? You can even leave your leave your website or anything like that, although it'll be in the show notes below. So any shout outs you want to do? Yes, absolutely. So please follow us at... Um, Lux style and design on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and then I have a um, my own personal website as well, um, social media handle. It's at a day in a Lux life, and it just talks about again my life, day to day basis, and what you know and what happens because never any day is not the same. Right. And then we also have our um, custom prom parties here in Houston, mm-hmm. and. We're starting it here in Houston, but a dream and a goal of mine is to have a Luxile design in every city and we continue to grow. So that is my goal. Yes, yes. Let us know if any of us can do anything here in Chicago to kind of help you with that because it's a lot of style here in Chicago, a lot of it. So, (laughs) yes. So, all right, I want to thank you so much, Soar, for coming on the episode. And the show. Yes, thank you, Soar. You're my second Soar. I had one, uh, what, December? Not exactly, can't exactly remember, but you're the second Soar. So, please let everybody know that AKAs run this, okay? Let them know. Absolutely. Exactly. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, y'all mistaken. So, <laughs> thank you so much for coming and actually starting a business that is not, it's, it's something new, y'all. It's something very fresh and new, especially being a black entrepreneur. Not a lot of them, there's a lot of stylists, but not ones who kind of house, you know, like you said, stylists, designers, and stuff like that, and like a full-fledged company for it so i'm so glad to even introduce you guys and even speak to tracy because i know five years from now 10 years from now or one year from now this is definitely going to grow because it's something that as social influencers brands and all of that want to get into so thank you again tracy for coming on the show and i'm going to end it here (laughs) all righty bye bye You have been listening to CEO Chats with the Brown Girl CEO. If you like me that much, please make sure that you leave me a comment and a review and also subscribe. If you want to make sure that you stay connected, follow us on all social media platforms by clicking in the show notes below. Thanks and see you next week.